all the way from the land down under, we welcome the Health Bloke Podcast. Talking all this wellness. You name it, the Health Bloke will discuss it, talk about it, or prove it. Whether it's about fitness, food, lifestyle, or more. He's a realist, he's relatable, and he's really good. So settle in, relax, and enjoy. Welcome listeners of the Health Bloke Podcast. This is DK, Danny Kennedy. I'm here with TT today and we're going to change up today's episode. I'm actually going to be interviewing Tori. So TT, welcome to your own show, mate. Yeah, thanks for coming on board, mate. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be the guest. Uh, we're good. Something different. So what we're actually going to do today, I'm going to have a chat to Tori. Um, he's, he's nearly got 20 years experience as a personal trainer and we're going to go over today about how to structure a personal training clients program, um, how to manage them as a client, how to make sure they're getting results and going from point A to point B. And specifically today, we're going to talk about training someone from general population. So we're not talking specific athlete or um, or anyone that's too serious about their, their goal, I guess, or not so much their goal, but in terms of being an athlete or anything. Um, we're just talking about getting someone who wants to go from point A to point B enjoy their training and to have them stick around as a client long term. So TT, I want to kick things off by saying or, or asking you, in terms of taking a, a new client and building a relationship with them and making sure that you're aligning their, their goals with their training, where do you start? So if someone comes in and says to you, I want to lose fat and that's basically all they've given you, Yeah. How do you go about it? It's a really good point, DK, and I think over the years I've learned to structure and manage my sessions um, and I guess my clients' expectations a little bit differently because at the start 20 years ago when I was was first training, I struggled with the idea that people were paying me good money to effectively train them in the gymnasium. So initially when I first started off, I was was working in London and my mindset was that I've got to try and push them to a level they would never push themselves, you know, to justify why they're engaged in a personal trainer. And sometimes I probably might have pushed them a little bit too hard. So my expectations needed to change and say, first and foremost, what does my client want to get out of it? And you said they want to lose weight. So if they want to lose weight, if they want to lose weight, what's the best way for them to do that? Mm -hmm. Because obviously we all know that time is one modality and there's 168 hours in a week. For the general population, I might, might only see them for two hours. And if they see me for two hours and that's it, they probably won't lose weight. Yep. You know? So I've got to do stuff outside of you know the gymnasium or, or, or the time they spend with me. I've got to get instill enough education or confidence that they can go out and do some exercise outside of that. So that's first and foremost is saying, how, how much time do we have to work with um, for you as a clientele? And what does your working week look like in terms yep. of are you traveling for work? Have you got a family? What are your external commitments? Um, that might impede on your ability to create change or change your health habits. Um, yep. I guess the general population fit into that. They don't exercise enough. They don't drink enough water. They don't sleep enough. They don't eat, eat enough real food. Yep. Um, so if I can change a few lifestyle things and get them to start starting to change their mindset about the value of health yep. rather than thinking first and foremost, I want, st- I want to lose weight. Yes, I get that all clients want to lose weight or want to look better and feel better. But how do they need to do that? Is mm. it you know changing their sleeping routine? Is it changing their um, affiliation with exercise? Should they exercise before work or after work? Is it is it a cha- is it changing their association with food? You yeah. know, and you talk a lot about good food and bad food, but for a lot of clientele, it's calorie rich food and really 
dense food, especially yep. for your cor corporate clientele, what do they do? So it's really ascertaining what the client's got to work with, how many hours I'm going to spend with them during the week, and then trying to instill some confidence in them to take some intrinsic motivation or some ownership yep. over their program outside of the sessions, I guess. Yeah, and obviously if we were talking about an athlete, there would be specific goals that they needed um, and as an individual athlete you would really look at tailoring mm. their program um, let's say use example of a footballer obviously a midfield player is going to need specific things compared to a full forward or a yeah. full back or a ruckman so yeah even though it's general population do you still really look at the the person as an individual and really tailor their goals towards you know whether or not they the style of training they like, or yep. um, how hard they actually like to be pushed, or um, you know how much do you yeah. look at the individual? Yeah, I reckon that's really important, DK. And with any program, regardless of whether they're athletic or the norm of the population, you got to look at specificity. But one key point that I talk a lot about, especially with corporate clientele, is get the corporates to change their mindset and start thinking like an athlete. Yeah. Because if you think of why are athletes successful, one because they're very um, focused. They analyze their weaknesses and they identify what their weaknesses are and then they try and shorten the gap between their weaknesses and their strengths. Um, they're very goal-orientated, so they'll set a short-term goal and they'll be really specific towards that. So the general population, what is your short-term goal? Is it changing your diet? Is it improving your sleeping habits? Is it trying to exercise three or four days a week? And one big part of being an athlete is surrounding themselves with a team of people that yeah. add value to them. And that team doesn't have to be a coach or a personal trainer or a nutritionist or a psychologist or a masseuse, it's got to be someone that will complement your lifestyle, you know, and they yep. often say that you as a person are 50% made up of the relationships that you spend yeah, the most time with, so do your mate, mates add value to you in the lifestyle you're living or do when you go out, do your mates drink too much, consume too much, you know, bad fast food, do they smoke or whatever it might be and does that then rub off on the, the lifestyle that you lead? So. In terms of the program that I'd structure, absolutely, specificity is the key. Yeah, and you and I talk a little bit about, you know, you mentioned before how the client might be in to see you for one, anywhere up to, I'd say, probably maximum for most clients, four hours per week. Yep. Um, and then the rest of the hours during the week, they're, they're on their own. Yep. So how much do you think education plays a role in it? So not even just what they should be eating, but also in terms of, you mentioned before, it's not just about smashing a client and making them make yeah. sure when they leave they're sweaty and struggle to walk down the stairs yep. but actually teaching them why you're doing what you're doing and making sure they're progressing over time as if they were an athlete. Yeah, absolutely. And I reckon that's a large percentage of it. Like if you can instill enough confidence and education in terms into your client during the times that you're front and centre with them mm -hmm. that they can then um, translate that into their lifestyle, that'll play a huge role in terms of how they're going to transition from where they currently are to where they want to be in six weeks, 12 weeks. So it is trying to get them to take personal accountability for the way they, they live, for you know, for what way they sleep, for their nutritional plans, for all that sort of stuff. So you've really got to try and get them to think of whatever they do, making that conscious decision that that's adding value or supporting their you know, habits in terms of living healthy, sleeping better, exercising more frequently, stressing less, whatever they need to do to do that. Yeah, and in terms of body language, yep. what do you look for in a client, let's say, um, throughout the week, it might be towards the end of the week or at the end of the day, what signs do you look for in a client to know whether or not they are getting to the point where they're overtrained and you need to just back off for a session, Yeah, or whether they're just coming in and they're just generally feeling lazy and they need to be pushed? Yeah, I reckon it's hard to tell. Yeah, it is hard to tell, yeah, it is hard to tell but I reckon you can see it a lot in terms of their uh, posture. 
yeah. or someone's postural approach, if they come in and they're they're looking lethargic or they're round shouldered or they you know they don't really want to be there, they don't really want to engage in terms of body language or also their you know um, visual. Yeah. If they if they like giving you eye contact, um, generally speaking, after I've done four sessions with a client, I've got a pretty good read on their personality. Mm-hmm. So if I could have a joke or bring up something about their family and then trying to analyse their response or if they automatically say, oh, listen, TT, I'm not up for it today or I feel shit or I haven't slept well. If they're making excuses earlier on, yeah. I'll completely change their session until I can't, can see that their body language might change in the first 15 yeah. minutes of the session yeah. rather than coming saying, you know, you'll be right, mate, and get them right into it and try and flog them at the start and then you lose them all together you'll be able to increase their intensity or their output throughout the 60 minutes of the session if you gradually build them into it yeah. um, rather than them coming in. They've obviously got other things on their mind. They probably think that they shouldn't really be there because they don't prioritise health first and foremost. They probably think they should be behind the computer screen doing more work or with their family rather than spending time on themselves for themselves. But I totally think that um, your health should come first and foremost and then from that you should mm-hmm. prioritise work, prioritise your family, prioritise other things that add value to your lifestyle. Yeah. Now, for the trainer that's listening, so the personal trainer, whether they're experienced or just starting out, yep. um, I think, obviously, knowledge is power. So, yep. you, the more you know, the more the better it is going to be for yourself and for the client and you as a, your reputation as a trainer. But how much does your energy in the session play a role in whether or not the client's getting results or whether they're enjoying yeah. it? Like, it's all well and good to be able to know everything there is. Yeah. About about getting results for fat loss or muscle yep. growth, but in terms of actually building a relationship with the client and yeah. um, and making sure that you're not coming in when you've had a shit day and, and letting that rub off on them, how yep. important is that? I reckon it's 80%, absolutely. Yep. I, I reckon the first point of contact that your client has with you when they walk in the door, if you're currently with another client and then you transition, mm. the way you address them, your body language, um, whether you you know, upbeat, low beat, whether you're positive, whether you're negative, is 80% of how they're going to respond. So at the end of the day, you're a motivator, you're a mentor, you're a role model, yep. and that's what you've got to think of first and foremost. You know, They're coming to you to be motivated. They're not mm-hmm. coming to you to hear about how bad your day was or the issues you've got outside the workplace. Yep. Um, you know, and As I said, I've been in the game for a long time and I'm no angel, but there would have been times that I've turned up to work that I've been feeling shit or I might have been hungover or I had a late night or whatever, but I'd never let my clients know that no. you know I'm off colour, whether I'm sick, whether I was hungover or whether I'm just fatigued and or had issues at home with a girlfriend, partner or whatever it might be. Um, my energy would go into um, the client first and foremost. And I guess um, for the general population that have never worked as a PT, that is where a lot of energy comes from yeah you know like if I, I back in the day i might do 10 or 12 hours back to back engaging with clients and that's a lot of energy and it, is, yeah. that, that takes a lot out of you trying mm-hmm. to be engaged you know and talking to people so at the end of the, the day i don't really want to go home and then have you know two hour conversation you know with someone if i didn't feel like it you know you need that time to de-stress or or a little bit of downtime so i think my body language or the trainer's body language um, or the way they conduct themselves from their presentation, from their mannerisms, from their language is, yeah, at least 8%. Yeah. Now, this is a bit of a different question, but do you find it's easy or do you reckon it's probably more so hard to not get too comfortable with the client? Yeah, absolutely. Like it, from, from past experience, yep. I've had clients or, or even mates that come in and train and it definitely yeah. is hard to, harder to keep them on track 
during a session and even over the span of a few weeks if you're getting a bit too comfortable yeah. they're getting too comfortable around you. Yeah, totally. And that's a really important point that you make from a client's point of view and particularly from a trainer to a client, that relationship, you've got to find that happy medium because mm-hmm. you want them to buy in. They want to, you want them to buy you as a service, as a product um, and, and you know, really talk you up so then you get a good referral base from them. But if you're trying to ask them to do an extra couple of sets or if you're trying to um, increase their pricing or change it or anything, yeah. you know, and you've got a, a relationship that's more friendly of nature, um, then it's very different, difficult to approach. Dynamic, yeah, yeah. Uh, dynamic. So there's a really good happy medium. And I've found in the past, actually, if um, I'm in that situation where I think clients are getting a little bit too familiar, I'll then try and group them up. Yep. Um, and these days, we've got a couple of groups of people that are all mates that come together yeah. that I've had a long yeah. relationship with them. Um, that you can throw banter around a little bit easier without making it too serious. Yeah. And then you're getting other people motivating, um, you know, clients throughout the session and then effectively in terms of breaching um, confidentiality agreements or all that sort of stuff, that's all out in the open because people yeah, are, yeah. Are, are mates or are familiar with each other. Yeah. And then, then asking them for money, then it's a lot easier. A lot easier, yeah. yeah. Cheaper for them as well. Cheaper, yeah. Yeah. All right, last question before we wrap things up. Um, in terms of setting goals for a yep. client that's just a general general population um, yep. and then actually achieving those goals, so obviously our goal is to take them from where they are now to where they want to be. Yep. How important do you think it is to track progress? Yeah. What do you find is the best way yeah. um, to actually track to make sure that over time, as we mentioned, they're actually going, they're improving and they're not just coming in just to smash a workout and yeah. leave like they feel like they've done something. Yeah, I reckon it's really important. At the end of the day, as I said at the start of the podcast, everyone's coming for a result, um, whether that be a lifestyle client or general population client. They still want to come in and look good. Yeah. And then we're looking good is very hard to test and measure on a visual basis without measuring on the scales or doing a body scan or doing some kind of measurement. So at least I would um, test someone's weight and waist measurement every 8 to 12 weeks. Yep. Um, and if you can do that on a continued basis, that's great. I've got a baseline fitness test that I'll run people through, and that's just an accountability test more than anything. It's not 1RMs or repetition yeah. max or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but it's just basic you know, weight and waist measurement for the guys and, and a similar sort of a measurement for the females. You can do more biometrics in terms of bloods and um, cholesterol testing, glucose testing, and further weight measurements in terms of, as I said, visceral fat, body fat percentage. But for the general norm, I think... They want to know that, yes, they're losing weight, mm. yes, they're feeling better, they're stronger, their posture might be better, um, yep. and their clothes are fitting better. Yeah, and that's important moving forward for motivation for them as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's I a mean, lot easier to motivate someone when you've got yeah. numbers or stats there to show that what you're doing with them. Yeah, working. absolutely. And I think as a trainer too, if you're seeing clients get results and, and then you can sort of um, get a bit, bit excited, a bit motivated yeah. by the, the results that they're getting in the gym from the work that you're doing, then you're going to enjoy your job a hell of a lot more than someone that's just coming in because if they didn't come in, they wouldn't go to the gym at all. Yeah. Um, and certainly I've got some clients that if they didn't train with me, they wouldn't go to the gym at all. So yeah. something's better than nothing. Yep. And for those people which tend to be, and uh, I'd probably put them in an age bracket between 65 and 80 years of age, they okay. just come in and they tick the boxes, they can afford to come, yep. um, they enjoy my company, they've been coming for a long time, but they're not here specifically to lose weight and feel better, yeah. although they would like to lose their stomach or yeah. do something, but um, you know, they don't particularly come for the aesthetic point of yeah. view rather than a lot of the younger demographic that yeah. aren't athletes, they aren't physique competitors, they aren't 
training for a specific competition or a race or a marathon or a triathlon, they do want to get you know results in terms of yeah, looking better. It comes back to individuality. Yeah, absolutely. So some really good points there, DK, you've raised. But like anything, I think it comes down to the individual. Um, and I might have a set program one day that I've written for you, for example, and you yeah. come in, you've had a shit day at work or you haven't slept the night before, um, and that plan can quickly go out the window. Yeah, but I, I guess first and foremost, you've got to be prepared for um, what your client wants to achieve or yeah. what you, and what you know they can achieve during the limited amount of time you've got. You've also got to be skilled enough to, if they come in and they don't feel well, something's better than nothing, and then you've got the ability to change and fly on the spot. And I guess the distinction between a good and a bad trainer is having that flexibility yeah. and thinking on the spot um, and being a little bit versatile. Unreal. All right, mate. Well, I hope the listeners um, today have enjoyed the bit of a change-up. I'm sure you've got a lot of value out of today's episode. Thanks, TT, for sharing your knowledge, mate, and I'll let you wrap up your own show. Yeah, thanks, DK, for interviewing me on the Health Bloke podcast. And for those that haven't subscribed, please subscribe. And also do yourself a favour and jump on um, the health, the fitness and lifestyle podcast under Danny Kennedy. But you might also get some really good value by tuning in and subscribing to his YouTube channel. What's your YouTube, DK? It's just Danny Kennedy. Yeah, so show. anything you Google under Danny Kennedy Fitness, uh, whether you're a trainer or whether you're a client or a potential client, you'll get some really good value. So again, thanks for listening. Uh, there'll be more episodes between DK and I. The format will continue to evolve. Um, and we'll also be trying to do some stuff um, on live videos on Facebook in the, in the up and coming weeks. So again, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, TT. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Health Bloke Podcast, talking all things wellness. If you haven't subscribed, please do leave a review or share, as we all know that the Health Bloke wants everyone to make health a habit.